ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time. Is this video? It's only audio, right? We're doing audio. How you doing, Felipe? I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you, you taking, thank you for taking some time with ATV Talk. And um, we want our fans to get to know you. Uh, you're probably a bigger legend or y your reputation is larger in Mexico and in Baja than it is in the States. But I know you do have a lot of followers here in the States as well. Thanks to all the uh, fans out there. I know a lot of people and been doing well since, since I started racing, you know. Uh, we started just for fun and then begin to be, you know, uh, a, a way to live, you know, like a fun way to do a living. So you, you have a full-time business now doing it. Um, how did you, how far back do you go in uh, ATV racing? Um, I remember I started in 1994. Um, I used to have... The first quad I had, it was a Yamaha 200, a blaster. Nice. So after that, I, I owned a, a TRX250, and I met these crazy kids that they were Shanate, uh, um, Cesar Lopez. So this guy is like, hey, let's go. We got to go racing. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> nice. And it was my first race out here in San Felipe with, uh, it got made by Lou Peralta. It, it was called, uh, uh, on dirt. Okay. He used to make like uh, desert racing and GP racing. It was fun. That's awesome. And, and that was in 94. After that, I, I, that was in 94. After that, I, I after racing, there was a hook and, you know, it was so much, so much fun. So when did you get introduced to score? Um, I didn't race score until 2001, I think. And, and, and you were just strictly riding uh, mainly in San Felipe there, or were you traveling all up no, and down the peninsula? Yeah, I'm basically racing local races. You know, from my, when I started, I raced locals. And then in 2001, I started racing score, the Baja 250 which is in San Felipe. And then from then on, you know, I, I got into the Baja 500 and Baja 1000 too. And did you start out as just a, uh, as a team guy or was it your machine and you were, you were building and, and uh, taking care of the whole package? No. Um, I met this guy. Uh, like I said, in the first race, I met uh, Cesar Chanate Lopez and then uh, his uh, cousin, is um, uh, uh, Fabian uh, Gonzalez, uh, Pinguinos Racing. They, they, they asked me to come out and race, and it was a whole team. They owned the team, and I just come join. And, and they prepped the machine and did everything, and all you did was got to ride their machine, their bikes? Yeah, yeah. I just came in and, and ride for them. 
um, it, it was fun. Um, it was just the beginning, so it was it was just a learning curve, you know. What what machine did you start racing on with them? It, it was a TRX four hundred. A four hundred EX, huh? Yeah, yeah, they were fun. Yeah, a little slow, but they were they were fun. Oh yeah, for that for that year, they were like you know they were top of the top uh, top uh, nice equipment, you know. Well, yeah, because they were new. Ninety nine was the first one, and and uh, they were they were really good until uh, for a lot of that stuff until uh, a little bit later in the two thousands. Uh, the Z four hundred came out, and the six sixty Raptor, you know, kind of kind of used up all the, the goodwill that 400EX has had. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to ride a six, 660 to a Raptor. It was a bigger machine, and it was it was fun, too, out in the desert. Yeah, I got to ride one for uh, Best in the Desert, and I loved every minute of it. They were fast. So when did you start taking over the prep duties? Um... It took a while. I think it was probably 2006. 2006, I, I believe. Mm. Yeah. Um, I met this, uh, I believe you know him, a Italian guys, Alex Caminini. Yeah, Stefano, Stefano Caputo, and all those yep. crazy yep. Italian guys, <laughs> and it, it, it was so. It was they were so much crazy, and we went out and raced, and I started helping them to prep the quads and everything, and run the team for them too. Um, first time I raced with Alex Camanini on the Pro ATV, uh, um, and had so much fun. After that, I went out and raced with Stefano Caputo, and and then we take over the team and Alex quit. So uh, we start we start to go crazy, just racing, racing, racing. So you were involved when I was working with Craig Christie, um, right? Two thousand and the, the when we went to uh, Cabo in two thousand seven, you were involved. Yeah, uh, 2007, uh, I'm not sure if I raced with you guys. I'm sure I raced Bahama 500 with you guys on well, Craig Christie's machine. I prepped the machine and sent it down there. And, and for the, when we went to Cabo, I was in part of the crew that went down. I built the machine, and, and we did the whole big race. Oh, I love those uh, – Baja runs, you know, all the way point to point, uh, Ensenada to La Paz. They're the, it's a wonderful race. Um, I'm sure it's the best race out, out here in Baja, for sure. I would have to say that it's pretty awesome. Uh, you know, from the chasing standpoint, I remember when we had two nights, you know, you had two sections where you had to run lights twice. And yeah. You know, maybe that's because we were slower or whatever. No, no, the, the, uh, that race, I believe it was uh, 1,200 miles. It was a long time. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> I know I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep until I got to the hotel on the second night, probably 
you know, 1130, one o'clock. I don't even, I don't even know. I was just done. <laughs> yep. And then they had it's, us up early the next morning. You know, we had to go. I don't even know where we went, but we were in a wash and they were giving trophies away and, and talking to everybody. And yeah, you see that's that race was on a finish line was in Cowles and Lucas. That's why I remember it being on a wash because it was uh Cowles and Lucas. Yep. Yeah, it was awesome. That, long that rest, my, long day. That wasn't my first time down, but that was my first time ever that far down the peninsula. And I bet you like it out here. Oh, I love it. Dude. I love it. Yeah. When you get to drive from Cabo back up and you can see the Gulf on one side and the ocean on the other side, and you're just like, wow. That, that, get it. So you didn't. You didn't see the, all that stuff during the race, but when you go back, it's like, oh, you got time to see. Well, we, we we drove back in the daytime. When we came through there, it was dark. Yeah, yeah. All that area from um, Loreto and, you know, La Paz is really beautiful. I wish that I could uh, take my wife, Terry, and go down and drive back and stop at the little camps and spend the night. Yeah. Yep. Sure. The beach and, and the way they, they had little camps where there you could go down and they were fishing and, and uh, cooking and everything. I don't eat fish. So that kind of kills it for me, but oh, really, yeah, but my wife sure would love it. Yeah. You so, make me get hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, so when you took over that team, it, then it evolved because you were racing class 24. With, yeah. And then all this guy with Stefano and yep, yep. transitioned to class 25. At what point? Um, we'll say 2006, uh, next year, probably. Race, um, I, 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 I started racing with um, Javier Robles, um, Adolfo Arellano. Against Matlock. Yeah, yeah. And, and Prather and them. Yeah, it was it was fun. You know, before there used to be six, seven teams on Class 25, and it was just uh, wild. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I remember, I remember race racing with Alex Camanini on Baja 250. We was like number twenty one off the off the line. That's incredible. Yeah, there were a lot of quads. Here was that. Uh, um, probably two thousand seven, two thousand eight. That's that is just that. That's a lot of that's a lot of guys. <laughs> Yep, out for the desert. It was fun. So where do you uh, – you have a shop now. You have a, a, a company down in, in uh, San Felipe down there. San Felipe, yeah. And you build race machines. I see them posted on social media all the time. Uh, is it mostly race machines or do you do recreational toy toys as well? Most of the ATVs are uh, race in machines and I do a lot of prep for you know I know a lot of racers down here and they they um, 
they choose my my shop sometimes you know and i don't i don't get like too many customers i just get you know five or ten ten different teams and you know i work for them so it's not like i have you know 100 quads out here it's not like it's not like we do where we do you just have open for the customers to service them and take care of their sand machines and and we do the racing on basically on the side yeah you know i i don't do sand machines like benches and stuff like that right so tell me about learning how to prep how did i learn um breaking parts <laughs> that's how i learned elaborate elaborate um, working on the teams and you know learning what they breaks on a race um just knowing what it takes to win a Baja, you know, it makes you learn everything you need to know. And that's how it works, you know, uh, learn how to make a Baja and how to beat Baja, basically. Because first you got to finish to win. Have you ever really beat Baja? <sighs> Two times. <laughs> Doesn't happen very often, does it? No, few times. So, how much influence um, did your, on your prep did some of the guys that you raced with from the states? You know, did you what do you mean? Spend much time with Mike Cafro or or Wayne Matlock or any of those guys? What do you, What do you mean? Uh, did they help influence your your skill set? Um. I came in and, and, you know, raced for Javier Robles, which I was racing with Mike Cafro. And I came in with my, with the stuff that I learned and the stuff that he know, he, he was racing from before I raced. So I learned a lot with him too. So, um, I've been trying to learn from everybody, even from you guys. Oh, we we appreciate that. So how much of an advantage do you think it is for you and for your teams that that you're from San Felipe? Um, I think that's why I've been racing with a lot of people because um, San Felipe is, is rough. Um, it takes a good machine and good machine to go out and do this in San Felipe, you know, it's a lot of whoops out here. So that's probably why I race with so many people because I know what it takes to, to prep a bike and what it takes to make a, you know, a, a team together for a race, like where to pit and where, what parts you need to bring and, you know, where, where you to change riders and everything like that. You know, it, it it's not just going fast like crazy, you know? Right. I understand that part. So learning the, the pit strategies, learning the terrain. Um, did you get to watch any of the Honda when the Honda was involved down there? Did you get to, to watch any of that? Were you a, a fan back in those Yeah. Days? Yeah. Yeah, um, JCR, um, as always, you know, it was like the best team out here. 
and you always get to watch what they do at the pitch, you know. So um, it's like I said, you know, always looking on the big teams what they do and learning, you know, trying to learn every every time. It was so much fun to watch those guys do what they not what they what they do. It's impressed. Well, yeah, they spent a lot of money doing it. A lot of yeah. years too. Yeah. That's probably why um Matt Luck and all those guys won so much, you know, because they always uh race for, for Honda, you know. Got help from JCR. Well I think that uh that helped them and then the logistics that they learned coming oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. and spending so much time down there. Uh yeah, I think when I was racing with Christy you know, they'd have pages and pages of satellite maps and then they would just go drive. They would just go drive for, uh, you know, a whole week. They'd be in a, in a truck or a, or a, a buggy just driving the, the lanes to find all the ins and outs for shorter pits or longer pits, or maybe to change a rider, you know, cause San Felipe, you can cover a portion of it and you can't cover the, the, in, the inner portion. You can't cover it with the pits. So it's, it's hard. That I live here in San Felipe, you know, it, it was, yeah. Like, like I said, even that I live here in San Felipe, I should know all the lines, you know, and sometimes I have this, uh, other quad riders go right next to me and I didn't even, I didn't even know those lines were there, you know, <laughs> but that's because they haven't run the GPS from, uh, from JCR. They, they knew all the land. And you didn't know some of that stuff. You I, grow up I didn't even know him. <laughs> yeah, I was fighting and fighting, and you know, sometimes I pass him, and then I see him right next to me, like, "Whoa, where they came from?" <laughs> <laughs> so, if you go back in time a little bit, um, you've had some some really good, big success down there for a number of years. Uh, Give me a race or two that you've got some good uh, insight and memories of, of how the race broke down for you and, and, you know, how you, how you ended up pulling off a victory, you know, maybe when you weren't supposed to. I guess I'll start with the, probably my biggest crash. It was on uh, 2006, I think, Baja 500. I start. On Ojos Negros, I just, I got on the bike on Ojos Negros, and right when I, you know, after 30 miles in the dust, I crashed very hard in Ojos Negros, probably doing 70 miles an hour, and bent all the quad. This this is when I was racing for the Italian guys, and I still have like 150 miles to go, so. <laughs> I got on the quad again and handlebars crooked and all, all the bike was crooked. And I, I just go because I, I, we didn't have good communication and they were just waiting for me at the pit. And you rode it out with, with bent parts and got it to the, got it to the next guy so that it could be fixed. And how got did you it to the next, in that race? Got it, got it to the next guy. And they took me on the ambulance to Ensenada to the doctor. How did the how did the race turn out? I know how you turned out. Uh, yeah, 
It was funny because the next guy was a French guy, and he went out and do the Mike's loop. When he when he was riding that section, he got run over by Robbie Gordon, I think. <laughs> what are the odds, right? It was a brand new quad from Stefano Caputo, and he didn't even get to ride the bike because the the guy just got run over and didn't see the quad after that. <laughs> They didn't finish. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, that was probably the worst race. So how was it your first score championship in Class 25? Um, The first time that we won, this is probably the best race. Ensenada to La Paz, Baja 1000. I met... um, I met a guy in La Paz, which is one of my best friends right now. It's Malio, Malio Diaz. Um, and we raced together with uh, Stefano and Carlos Lopez. And this is when Malak had, had a problem on the Ojonegros, like on the beginning, with a clutch. They, they changed the clutch, and they were really behind. So... We use that and just keep pushing and win win about a thousand in class twenty five. It was it was good and the party was wild in the past after winning. <laughs> I'm sure. What year was that? This is in two thousand ten. Did you did you uh you beat them in, in the race, but they won the championship? They won the championship, yeah, yeah. When did you take the 1A? We we got on 2014, 15, and 16. That's when we went with uh, Cafro and Javier Robles. He right a record, it was Javier Robles. And what happened in you've, – you've, you got it 14, 15, 16 – uh, but you've been involved with the 1A program for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on on th- on 2013, I raced I did race for them too. But um, they, I think I believe Mike Cafro broke down a transmission on the bike. That's why we ended up finishing like third place or something like that. In the thousand. On Baja on thousand, yeah. So we so, lost the championship that year. Yeah. So what's – I know you only you, – you mainly work on uh, TRX 450Rs, but I've seen that you got a Yamaha. What's going on with that? <laughs> it's all weird, huh? Uh, for – hey, I know. I've worked on both, and they are not at all the same. Yeah, they're totally different. Um, I really like the Yamaha. It's a – Really nice bikes, you know, but I believe it takes it probably takes more money just to make it run faster, you know, from being stock. Um, there's some truth to that. It, it takes, I don't think it takes as much money to make the chassis strong, like with the Honda. Yeah. You got to gust at the Honda if you're going to use them more than a, a season. Um, but the Yamaha frame is pretty durable. 
Yeah, the aluminum frame is put it looks pretty strong. I'm, but I, I don't think I will race a Yamaha out here in the desert. That's why you don't see many shop. Well, the only person that I've ever seen have success with it is is Josh Rowe, and I would say fifty percent of it was the machine, and fifty percent of it was Josh Rowe. Yeah, that guy is incredible, and he for sure knows how to race and make a plan for a race. You know, he's been with the best people out there. Uh, his dad, I, I actually raced with his uh, 500. He, that guy's incredible, too. That's why he learned a lot. Well, yeah, he's been around forever uh, doing it, you know. And the, the people that he got to hang around with back in the old days when he was a little kid are still talked about today. You know, his father and some of the other guys, Alan Fox and, and guys like that, that planned races and, and had great success yeah. in, in the modern day 450 era. Yeah, yeah, that's, that kid is fast for sure. And he, like you're saying, you know, he learned with the best people out there. He knows Baja too, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he won with us, uh, with Javier Robles, he won with us, he raced with us too. Yeah, I, I used him for a couple of seasons in in Best in the Desert to uh, help lock down some uh, a title. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. In in eighteen, um, I don't know. It looks like he's not racing that many that much anymore on ATVs. It looks like he's going on the UTVs now. Uh, I think that when he got married, it, it might have changed his vision of racing a little bit. I, I'm not sure. Um, I'd love to see him race quad again. I think he's phenomenal. I, I mean, works or desert. Yep, yep. But that's I, why I feel lucky. You know, I'm since I'm, uh, I get to race every time. <laughs> you know, I just say to my wife, "Hey, I got to go race," and she's she's fine with that. <laughs> and 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 not not to ask, but how old are you? I'm forty right now. Turning forty-one pretty soon. And at at your age, how do you feel when you get out there and race with the kids? It's hard. It's hard on my body already. I can tell. I can feel. You know. Um, I wish I was ten years younger. And I'm racing against kids that are ten years younger. You know, like Javier is. 10 years younger and a lot of the kids out there um, and it, it's you know it's life I guess you know sometime are, I'm going to have to quit <laughs> are you going to stop riding when your boy beats you um, I need to quit now then <laughs> <laughs> he's not faster than you yet now come on he's, he's going to be faster than me Maybe next year. So, do you have crossover? Because I've seen you ride both two wheelers and four wheelers. Um, so you do both, correct? Um, I do okay on a dirt bike. I race on the beginning, you know, two strokes dirt bikes, and then I, I, I do locals on dirt bikes just because they are more dirt bike racing. And it's for racing against more people than 
racing on the pro ATV with two or three quads. So then on the beginning, I started racing because I was racing dirt bikes and then my son was racing the ATV. So I had time to race and have fun and then just watch him race on the ATV. Is he jumped into the 450 class yet? He raced 450s. And it was his first 450 race out there. You cut out. You got to repeat that one for me. And I, I believe my son raced last year, Glenn Helen, on a 450. How about, how about down in Mexico? Is he racing? Oh, yeah. Is he has he teamed up on any of the score races with anybody yet? Mm, no, um, score doesn't allow you to race until you're eighteen, eighteen years old. Wow, I didn't, I did not know that. There, there used to be fifteen um, or fourteen, but um, if your dad signs for you, you know they let you, they just let you go. But since they the new score came in. They changed it to 18 years old. Wow. That kind of and hurt. They, young. Yeah, yeah. They invite my kid to race, but I say, no, no, I don't want to break the law. You know, if they, if they, they don't want you out there, there's no insurance, no nothing like that. So better to stay off. Yeah, that's true. And, and how old is he now? He's 13. So he's barely legal to race in the states. Uh, yeah, yeah. But if they weigh him, start the, pardon me. If they put him on a scale and measure his height, I don't think he's going to make it. Well, we make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to put lead in the bottom of the bottom of his boots. Yeah, I said, hey, no, he's, he's good. And I, I know he will do good on a 450. Um, that's how we actually got into race works because um, I took my son to watch a race and then we, I, we, I, he said, let's, let's get on the 250 class. And that's how he started racing the 250 class. And when I was going to take out him, you know, him racing out there, I said, well, I better bring a quad out for me. Yeah, and you ended up you ended up third in works uh, at one point, didn't you, for the season? Uh, yeah, um, you know, like I said, I was I was just out there for my kid, and I was racing out there too, and I wasn't racing the pro ATV. I was just like I said, I was just for fun. Then one day, Doug Roll said, and Bob Burns said, they. You should come to race on the uh, Pro ATV, and they even offered me a ATV uh, a quad to race the class, and I said, "Well, why not?" And ended up racing on the Pro ATV, and I won. I won. I got in the podium on Adelanto. I finished in. I finished at third place. Yeah, that was was that your first works race in the that was that was my first uh, podium, yeah, and then I I got another podium on um, 
and how to lick how was too yeah i was there that day it was hot out there too and i i you know just by having fun out there i believe i'm the first mexican uh getting a podium on a pro atv out there uh that's possible i'm pretty sure oh you know you, you never know i never i never yeah. thought about it i never thought about <laughs> it like that yeah i just thought about pro racer and you know you're going out there doing your thing it was for sure a good day what do you see the the future of i know it, the covid things affecting a lot of the races um how do you see the future shaping up for score racing racing for you in in general um they've been moving you know the dates for racing you know we was gonna start with the Baja 250, and they they didn't they moved the date for September. Then the Baja 400, they took it out. They changed Baja 500 to some flip in September now, and they got the Baja 250 out. So I, I don't really see uh, score making a race until probably Baja 1000 on November. We'll see. How are how are things in San Felipe for you? Are you guys safe um, for the most part? It's it's safe. A lot of people is you know taking taking care of everything. You know, um, for sure is people sick already, but it's it's everywhere, right? Yeah, it, it's everywhere. What? Uh, so, go ahead. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, Hopefully, we have the Baja 500 in September. Yeah, that will definitely help. That'll help business, won't it? Yeah. Um, for Baja 250, everybody got ready, and I have a lot of way too much work. So I guess everybody has the ATVs ready to race. So we have to have a race, and then we'll have more work. <laughs> yeah. Did, did, do any of those race bikes go out and get used? Or are most of them put away until it's race day? Most of them, they're put away. Um, some of them, they just go out and ride it for a day, you know, so it's not just sitting out there. Um, my other team uh, from Pedro Magdaleno, they race on Best in the Desert, so they, they, they're they actually racing. They're still active. You know, they just got a race uh, not too long ago. Yeah, a couple weekends ago, right? Yep, yep. Are they racing in the pro class or are they racing in the – um in the end. they risk yeah they raised the pro class uh danny magdaleno um, rider record how'd they end up um nino moto crash one of his riders crash I, I believe it was mile 80 somewhere in there they were leading and the kid crashed so they start having problems yeah to finish first, you must first finish, and you can't. You you, you got to prep it good, and you can't throw it on the ground. Um, they lost the key when they crashed the bike, and they didn't know how to put put it um, the bike, so they quit the race. Oh, that's a heartbreaker. <laughs> yeah, that is a heartbreak. You didn't teach them. They lost the class that day. Oh, that's horrible. That's yeah. horrible. 
always either have a secondary key or put a tether on it. So if it does come out, it's still attached. No, they it didn't come out. They took it out. So they walk away from the quad to pick up a part for the bike. And when they had it in the pocket, they lost the key. Oh, <laughs> oh that's even worse. <laughs> yeah. So, but... As you know, you you only have to unhook the connector connection and bike runs, right? Was it a kickstart bike or a? It, it was kickstart, yeah. Oh man, all you had to do was unplug it and ride off. Yep, that's horrible. I feel yeah. I feel I feel worse for him now. <laughs> but you know, if I didn't I didn't I didn't get to go to the race, so it's hard to tell them what to do. You know, from a long distance. That has got to be frustrating for you. I know how it is for me when you build a machine and send it and send it to the races and you're not there. Uh, it's heartbreaking because if something goes on or they don't know how to do something, uh, they're attacking the wrong problem. And, and it's very frustrating. Yeah. It just wastes your time and, you know, runs your race after getting ready for, you know, prepping the bike and getting everything ready and whatever, you know, it, it costs so much to get there. And losing just for a small problem is, is hard. Exactly. You know, I mean, I, I think that's why you try to take as many riders that are semi-schooled on what you do and how to work on it. And, you know, basic, just the basic yep. stuff so that they can uh, finish, get it to the finish line. Yep. Yep. So... It, it, it's, it's a learning curve, you know, they learn for sure. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll know to unplug that wire on a kickstart. They'll, they'll know the next, they'll know they can next time for sure. <laughs> oh, well. Or maybe you should just do away with the key. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let him, let him steal your quad is better. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it doesn't, I, I haven't put a key on a machine in a long time. Unless it's a push button electric start, so yeah. So, what do you see uh, your future when racing comes back in twenty one? What do you see uh, the future for you, the racer? Maybe not the prep guy, the racer guy. I want to be honest with you. I've been trying to quit. I want. I want to quit racing since been like two years on 2017 I, I i came in with a different team ss said sanchez which is i was racing for them on 2017 18 and 19 and on 17 i told him hey i want just prep the quad and work for you guys but i don't want to race i don't want to ride the quad anymore and the guy says, if you don't race, uh, I'm, not, I'm not racing. I, we don't have a team. I said, fine. I'm riding then. <laughs> <laughs> and how many miles do they usually give you? Uh, well, 50, 80, 100, depends on the race, you know. But like on the, that was last year. I'm the oldest one, and they make me start the race on Baja 250, and I do 
70, 80 miles of woods and everybody was doing 30 miles and then 50 miles changing a rider, you know, and they say, no, you got to do all this section. I say, okay, I don't, I don't train that much anymore, but that's what they wanted. That's what they do. <laughs> well, hey, you, well, sometimes, sometimes you gotta, you, you have to man up, you know, and, and teach, teach them what to do. Well, the young kids sure aren't as tough as some of you older guys, and I and I don't mean that uh, to me. You're still a kid, but uh, I got you by a few years. But my racing days are long since behind me. <laughs> yeah. So you, you plan on retiring soon? I'm assuming. I want to, but Is the team you work with now uh, put the ultimatum on there to get you to ride. So much fun, also. <laughs> and sorry, I missed you there. The team that you're with now, do they uh, do they um, put pressure on you to ride? Um, like I said, you know, it's it's just it's you know, main of the part is having fun with friends, mm -hmm. and they they know that I know how to do it, you know. Uh, they want me to be there the whole race and be part of the team. So hopefully we'll keep racing, you know, a few more years. Well, I do have something that I want to talk about that I think that we should talk about on the episode so that everybody can hear it. Um, you spoke to my wife earlier and yeah. I really, really want to, uh, do a show in Spanish because I think it will highlight you better. And and then I would like you to bring in and us do maybe a, a, a show once a month with a, a writer of your choice that you bring in for us and do a Spanish show um, for you guys. Cause I know there's some great racers down there and they don't get oh, yeah. coverage. They don't get many accolades. And, and I don't necessarily want to uh, promote them for accolades. I just want to hear their stories and hear what they're about. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a super fan of racers and racing. And I've seen some pretty fast guys down there. And you know what? It's pretty bad when you can only shake their hand and you, you can't tell them uh, how great you thought they did because you can't speak the same language. Yep, you're right. Uh, now we're having a glitch, bud. They're crazy fast, and they don't even know they're. <laughs> you there? Yeah, we're having a glitch. Okay, I hear you now. Uh, yes, I think they are extremely fast, and they're very talented. Uh, Javier Robles and uh, a couple of the other guys I know we've spoke about him earlier, uh, and for some reason I'm. I'm thinking of a young man that I can't get his name off the tip of my tongue uh, that you've raced with and that's raced in the, in the States and in Mexico and, and he's uh, fast. Yeah. My, my, my nephew, I took him race in Glenham too. Uh, I, I believe you met him. It's uh, Jose Luis Mesa, my nephew. And first time he went out and raced uh, works, he went out and win Uh, Pro Am 
uh, class. So he's doing well, you know. So probably is the fastest, one of the fastest guy kids out here right now. That's awesome. So, so what I really want to do is I really want to get us together um, so that you can talk with my wife in Spanish and, and, and I'll help her make sure that some of the questions that I think that are important get asked so that you can tell the people in Spanish uh, who you really are and what you're about. And you can get into some of the stories about the Baja 1000 or a 500 battle that you had with another team uh, that really inspire you and, and really inspire them to uh, get involved with racing and, and grow the sport. For sure. Um, it'll be more for me, easier to speak on Spanish for sure. And a lot more fun. And I can, probably tell you more stuff and get more easy to speak, you know, it'd be for sure fun to speak with your wife about uh, racing. Well, my wife's been to two races. Um, She pays a lot of attention to what we do. Uh, She listens to the interviews that I do with other riders. Um, She has some of the dialogue down. I don't know how she spoke to you earlier today. I don't know what you guys talked about, basically. It was perfect Spanish, for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that was, she's from Guadalajara, so I'm, I'm a, <laughs> <laughs> That's know? why. Um, so I, I, I know I should learn Spanish, and I know that she tries to teach me, and I am horrible. <laughs> it takes time. I just can't get it to roll off my tongue. Hey, that's how, how I start my English. Well, you do, you do great. You know, I, I don't have any, we may not get as deep in some of the stories, but you do great. Uh, when we are, when you're working together, uh, we communicate well because we understand exactly what we're talking about. But when we're trying to tell a story, yeah, especially talking about ATVs, huh? well, there we go. We do the same thing. You know, yeah. there's yeah. only one way to prep. A, there's only one way to prep an ATV and that's the right. Way. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I really appreciate you taking some time with me and next uh, we're going to get in touch real soon and we're going to do an episode with you in Spanish. Okay. I would love to. Yeah. Thank you. No, I, this is, you're doing this. You're doing me a big favor, buddy. I really appreciate it. No, no, no. I'm always uh, here for you guys. Well, I want to, I want to reach out. So if you would reach out into your community and get some of the guys together that want to do it and uh, we can line it up and do the zoom meeting and uh, have my wife, Terry uh, talk to them and we can post them up on the podcast site and uh, get you guys some recognition, some long, I, long overdue recognition. I already have a big line waiting for uh, doing this for you. Oh, all right. Well, any of them that want to try it in English too, uh, I, I would love to do that. Um, I, I appreciate you doing it. I know that you would prefer Spanish. Uh, it's, you're only doing it for me in English because I can't speak Spanish. <laughs> That's fine. Thank you. Brother, I really appreciate you spending the time with ATV Talk. We'll get you, uh, we'll get you on as soon as we can. Uh, it's going to be a, a little ways down the line because I already have uh, episodes planned. Uh, but I love what you do down there and I'm a huge fan and I want you to keep going. 
It's been a pleasure, my friend. Always. Uh, thank you so much for um, inviting me to be part of this. Uh, it's. It's. I hope it's. I hope it means as much to you as it does me because I love this sport, and and it doesn't matter what we're racing as long as we're racing ATVs somewhere. It does. Thank you. <laughs> All right, brother. You have a great night, and thank you very much. You too. Thank you, amigo. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Thank you. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking after your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.BodyEvolutions.org or call for an appointment, 858 858- Five seven one zero one six zero. Duncan Technologies International. More than thirty-three years in the industry, building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.